Welcome to the Blessed Journey. My name is Adam Barillet. Join me as we venture back down the path into nature to discover her magic. Let's learn from the animals, heal with the plants, and feel the crystals. When the moon becomes full, let us gaze up to the stars and find our answers in the darkness. There are so many secrets that Mother Nature has for us. Let's go and find them together. Hello and welcome to The Blessed Journey and welcome to a brand new month. We're into June, getting into halfway through this year already. Wow, time flies and I hope you're having fun as it does. Today what we're going to be exploring is we are looking at all the different things that are happening up in the heavens. The different retrogrades, how the planets are moving, the sun and the moon and where they're positioning themselves and how that energy is actually going to impact us as a global community. But no matter what happens up in the heavens, in Father Sky, Mother Earth below is always here to support us and give us that love. And so each retrograde or full moon or whatever we explore today, I'm also going to share with you one crystal and one essential oil that you can lean into during that time so you don't just survive that transition, but you actually thrive during that time as well. So without further ado, let's dive straight in and explore what we can expect in June. Now, a friendly reminder, first of all, the major first occurrence that will be of note is that Mercury will be going direct. So what does that mean? Well, it's been in retrograde since the 10th of May. And Mercury, of course, is to do with our communication, it's to do with short trips, it's to do with electronics, and it's to do with the logical mind and the quick mind. So all of these may not have been at their best over most of May. Um, And I know for myself, there's been a few occasions where I've sent text messages to the wrong people, which has nearly got me into trouble. I've had no emails coming to my computer for a week. I've had parcels delivered to the wrong house, a whole range of different things that are very particular Mercury retrograde. And of course, I've done my best to work out, okay, how do we up level? How do we improve these things so that they don't happen again? Now, when a planet is in retrograde, the worst times or the most severe times that the energy is noticed is when it goes into retrograde. So around the 10th of May would have been quite challenging as well as when it comes out, and that's called going direct again, going what looks like to be the right way in the sky. That is happening on the 3rd of June. So this is a time when you just may need to kind of settle down a little bit, you know, read things properly, make sure you're sitting to the right person like I wasn't, um, take time to pause and articulate what you mean, make sure people are really clear on it, especially when it's important, read contracts, all these type of things around the 3rd of June. Now to do that, I'm going to recommend my two favorite tools for grounding during Mercury Retrograde. The first one is a crystal known as Botswana Agate. Now this is a brown crystal, and hopefully you've fallen a bit more in love with brown crystals after the episode I did a couple of weeks ago about how cool brown crystals actually are. Now Botswana Agate, obviously found in Botswana, obviously a type of agate, but what makes it so beautiful, first of all, just in appearance, is that it is actually formed through layers and layers of volcanic activity over the centuries. And so you get these beautiful designs or lines in it, 
of like lack of rings in a tree, but really quite beautiful. You can find some really stunning pieces. Botswana agate has that fiery energy, but it's held within that agate. So it's very, and being brown, it's very grounding. So it helps you to keep your strength and keep yourself grounded when there's chaos abound. So you listening to this podcast will be aware of what's going to be happening at the start of June. You'll be prepared. Unfortunately, I don't have the global population listening to my podcast yet. So not everyone's going to be well equipped. Some people get on the bandwagon of, oh my God, it's Mercury retrograde. Let's go crazy. And it's an excuse to have my life turn into chaos. Uh, 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 not you. You're going to be grounded. And no matter what the storm around you is, this would be a really great one to lean into. Now, if you're blessed to have a piece of jewelry, it's great to wear that jewelry. If you don't, one piece, or even when it comes to grounding crystals, I actually really like two pieces, especially if you've got pockets on both sides of your pants or whatever you're wearing, you can pop a piece in each side and it just kind of keeps you grounded in that way. But remember with this crystal or any crystals, how they generally work is they emit an energy, they have an aura, and as long as that's interacting with your aura or your energy by you having it close to you, it's gonna have an impact. So just keep your Botswana agate around you, especially around that 3rd of June. Now, it won't just be on that day like the calendar won't switch over the 3rd and the energy shifts. You'll find, you know, the start of June, the 1st, the 2nd, the 3rd, the 4th, the 5th, and then things should start to come back to normal. You may find it easier to communicate. You may find that if you've been having any phone or laptop issues, they'll start to work better. You won't be running late as much. Your schedule will be a bit more smooth. Um, all, and just your brain might kind of, you might be able to focus a little bit more. The logical brain will come back in as well. So that's going to be a really great one to keep that Botswana agate around the first five to six days. See how long you need it for. Um, kind of until you kind of feel that that Mercury retrograde influence has petered away in your life. It's going to be different for different people. That basically depends on your birth chart and where the other planets are and how they kind of fire off against your personal alignment. But let's just go around the third. We're all going to suffer in one way or another or be challenged. I shouldn't say suffer, be challenged. The oil that's going to work really nicely with that Botswana agate. I know some of you love to work with crystals. Some of you love to work with oils. If you don't work with both, I really encourage you to dive into that. That's how my practice and how my learnings really expanded um the two together are greater than the sum of the parts and so they they really um complement each other in so many different ways the oil arborvitae now this is a bit of an unusual oil for those that haven't heard of it before arborvitae is a name given to a cedar tree uh, sorry not a cedar tree a cypress tree i was going to say it's often referred to as the western red cedar kind of incorrectly because it's actually part of the cypress tree now, cypress trees are really quite generous. They will give us essential oils from their leaves, but also from their wood. And this is the case with arborvitae. So arborvitae, massive big trees. They grow very upright and straight up to the heavens. And the oil is so thick in the trunk, in the heartwood of that tree, that nothing bores into this tree. So it's never under threat by pests or, you know, even when it falls over, um, it takes thousands of years to break down because the rot just doesn't get in there because the oil is so thick. And so we can steam distill that oil out of that wood. And, you know, doTERRA, where I get my arborvitae from, they actually don't go chopping down trees because that would be the thing that would stress me out. There is actually a controlled lumber industry in North America with the arborvitae trees. And once they cut all the, limber, uh, the lumber, there is wood chips. And they actually 
take those wood chips that just used to be burnt or thrown away or discarded, and they seem to steal them. So it's just using a byproduct of an industry that already exists and it's already uh, regulated. So that oil brings in that properties of that strength and not being gnawed at or eaten at or attacked in any type of way. So Arborvitae is a great one to diffuse. Uh, I regularly put it on the soles of my feet with a bit of um, moisturizing cream at night, and it's really good for kind of helping with resilience, and that helps with immune support. But one other healer introduced me to this idea, and I love it. He's one of the members in my customer group. He puts a drop of Arborvitae in his belly button each morning, and he says it just really helps to ground him and center him. So just like the tree, this is how you come to understand essential oils. If you understand the tree or the plant, you understand the oil. That tree grows tall up towards the heavens like we want to ascend towards our spiritual purpose without getting distracted because nothing eats at it, nothing bugs it. So when there is that chaos because some people are struggling during Mercury retrograde, you can just be like the Arborvitae tree, growing tall and strong on your purpose, on focus, without being distracted. So do you see how Botswana agate and Arborvitae are going to be really nice allies around you around that first few days when Mercury is going direct? Now, you might go, ah, it's all nice because, you know, Mercury's direct, life goes back to normal, but we are really diving into what I like to nickname retrograde season. Although Mercury retrograde gets the most attention because it does it more often and for a shorter period of time, all the planets will go into retrograde at certain times. Mars and Venus do for around 40 days or so, but they do it less often. But all the planets outside of those ones, so we're looking then from Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, uh, Neptune and Pluto, they all go into retrograde each year for around four to seven months. Now, what does a retrograde mean? Bit of revision. It is when it looks like a planet is going backwards in the sky. It's not. It's just an optical illusion because of our position, its position, and where we are in our orbit around the sun. But what our ancestors noticed is when a planet goes into retrograde, whatever it governs, it takes that energy away. So we're about to go into, we've already got Pluto in retrograde, and we talked about that a couple of months ago. It's still in retrograde and will be for a couple more months. Pluto governs our our inner... Um, our inner drives and our inner motivations. And this is a really great time of cleansing them out and making sure that what motivates us and what our what we're striving for in life is authentic and true and beneficial to the, the greater good rather than um, just serving ourselves. So it really helps to shut down the ego and you know w- look at where we might be a little bit corrupt in one way or another. So that's already happening. So it's been a really good time for being a bit more honest with yourself. It's actually a good time for physical cleansers. Keep on sticking with that. But we've got two major retrogrades happening in June. So June could be a little bit shaky because when planets go into retrograde, it's a time for readjustment. Some of us, like us that know what's happening, can readjust easily. It's like knowing that it's going to rain this afternoon, and so already have packed the umbrella. And others really quite struggle with it. So on the 4th of June, the day after Mercury goes direct, Saturn is going to be turning retrograde until the 23rd of October. Now Saturn's a really interesting planet and it kind of gets a bad rap sometimes by when other people are talking about it because it's seen as a, um, you know, 
one way to remember the symbolism of Saturn is it has the rings around it. And I like to think of those rings as like constriction or it's caught. And so often people will talk about that it governs psychological and physical control, um, that it's about limitation, deprivation, uh, delay, and disappointment. However, if you really align and remember that humans put these energies on or the interpretation of these energies onto these planets, that really what Saturn's true desire for us is, is self-discipline and mastery of our life. It's about control. And we may say control is a bad thing, but we may also see it as a good thing. Now, something I've been banging on for for quite a while now, but I think it's a really nice thing to kind of lean into when we look at this Saturn retrograde, is that sometimes self-love isn't a bubble bath or some chocolates. Sometimes self-love is self-control. It's about going, okay, I need to get up at 7am and go for my run. Okay, I need to, I need to say no to the drive through that's easy and actually go home and cook myself something healthy. Just like a parent shows that tough love to a child because they love it, sometimes we need to treat ourselves with that tough love as well. And so what happens is Saturn really helps to kind of refine and point out where we lack control. So basically when Saturn is direct, the planet supports you in remaining disciplined and focused on what you need to, I guess, fulfill your life purpose. But when Saturn turns retrograde, what happens is the holes in your discipline will start to become more apparent. So you might go back to old relationship habits, you might find yourself relaxing your health and your well-being practices, and you easily become pulled off your path with distractions. So this lack of discipline and falling out of alignment with what truly serves you will cause frustration in you and others. Like, oh, I know I'm gaining weight. I'm, you know, I'm getting into arguments again, whatever that may be. And so you and others, you may find that this is going to happen overall. Maybe driven to rebel against the rules. Like, fuck it. I don't care. I don't, I don't need to eat healthy anymore. Forgive the swearing. <laughs> it's got into, into character then of the moment. Um, Especially those in authoritative positions may also misuse their power. So there's going to be this whole kind of dynamics of control. Um, physically violent outbursts can even occur in some time. So you may find there may be some more violence reported on the news and different things like that. So rather than becoming defiant against others when Saturn is in retrograde, for us, this is a time for us to take time to review our own commitment and devotion to what's important to us. Remember that Saturn teaches that self-discipline brings the empowerment to create the life that you want and that you, where you feel truly free of any restriction. So you can either be controlled by life or you can be in control of your life. And Saturn's going to point out, huh, I'm going to show you where something else has control over you rather than you have control over that. And this is not about becoming the most powerful and going, ha I rule everything. No, it's just about going, okay. I'm aware of the influences around me and I choose, I make choices on what I'm going to allow myself to do and what I allow myself not to do. So basically, you become the maker of your destiny where nothing can stop you. So you decide. The other thing that you'll find with Saturn Retrograde is, as you know, sometimes to fully comprehend a lesson, you must take a class more than once. So when Saturn goes into retrograde, you may feel as though lessons are reoccurring. Now, this can be from this lifetime or even from past lifetimes. It's kind of a case of practice makes perfect. So this is a time when you feel that you're like, oh, why is this happening again? Why am I having these arguments again? Why, if you find yourself saying during certain retrograde, why is this happening again? Then 
This is a time to draw on the lifetimes of experience, remember how you successfully handled tough situations in the past, and apply those same techniques again. And then Saturn will go, well done, Tiger. Because you've shown that you're capable of more than you thought, you'll start to find that you acquire this valuable wisdom and it will serve you. And these lessons, when they become an issue in the future, you'll just glide past them, whereas other people might struggle with them as well. So during Saturn retrograde, this is a time when great patience and contemplation is required in your work. Time may also sometimes seem to slow down and things will just appear to drag out and take longer. So the lesson here, until October, this is not a time for shortcuts and should not consider rushing through long and detailed projects. Because if you don't get it right, you're going to have to do it again. Take this opportunity to breathe, do it right, and you know this is also a time to actually go back and reorganize or renegotiate any activities or commitments that seem to be a source of frustration. Basically, this is a time to get all your ducks in a row, a chance to get everything perfect. This is not the most favorable time to start any new business activity. So if you were looking at launching a business, if you can push it out until you know, around November, December, around Christmas time, that would probably serve you well. Um, because you might find if you do have to start now, next year you'll have to redo things. Like you have to redo your website or you'll have to redo your shop layout or redo your finances or that type of thing as well. So just kind of keep that in mind. So that's what's going to be happening um, for Saturn Retrograde. What do we lean into to support us with that? Well, we're going to lean into one of my favorite crystals for Saturn, and that's Petersite. So Petersite is this beautiful crystal that has a chatwenty, a shine to it. And it comes in varieties of like a red, a red-brown, a yellow-golden color, and this beautiful deep blue. And you get combinations of those different colors depending on the stone. Sometimes one color, sometimes you get all three, which is stunning. So it kind of looks a bit like a tiger's eye. Petersite really embodies, stronger than any other crystal I've really ever worked with, the power of lightning. And when you think of lightning, how does lightning come down to the earth? It doesn't go, oh, where shall I hit today? It's like, bang, that's where I'm going. And so petersite helps with discipline. It helps you to, it helps to keep you safe and keep you focused during any storm. So when things are going a little bit out of control, when you're being tested, petersite helps you just go, this is what I'm here to do. It doesn't matter that people are trying to throw me off course. This is going to help. So it's a really good one. I love it. You know, if you tend to get distracted, if you find yourself procrastinated, you know, if you're going to somewhere where there's a lot of people, it can even be a great one for empaths. Not so much from that emotional protection, not catch, picking up the emotional energy, but if you kind of get distracted and, and caught off guard or, or um, you know, you lose your focus, Peter Sight can be really great in that way. As a side note, just on a tangent, you know that I like to cleanse my crystals in different ways. Petersite, along with crystals such as phenakite, cinnabar, uh, covalite, and fulgurite, if you have any of them, they're a bit rarer crystals, but they, whenever there's a, a lightning storm outside, I will go and pop them out on my balcony so that they can charge in that electric energy because we know that that electrical charge going through the sky clears the energy and helps to cleanse those crystals and they absorb it and they keep that power in it. It's a really, really great one. So lean into your Peter site whenever you feel that, oh, okay, I'm getting distracted. I'm, you know, 
whenever there's an issue around control or dis- discipline, Peter Sight really helps to empower you. If you find that your life is just a mess and you have no control over your life, you know, lapis lazuli and ruby could be other ones. They're very empowering stones. They're quite regal stones. They help you sit back on your throne. And so looking at how can I get back on the horse and, and keep that control is going to be really vital for you. But Peter Sight is my number one pick. Now, I normally pair Peter Sight with basil essential oil. But in fact, I'm going to stay with arborvitae because Mercury is coming out of retrograde on the 3rd and on the 4th, Saturn's going into retrograde. So again, there's going to be more distractions and more chaos in that type of way. And I want you to be focused like that big, powerful tree. So again, I'm going to recommend arborvitae. So I am doing a double up here, but it's a day apart. And remember that these are happening as transitional kind of times. It's not a switch on, switch off. So lean into Arborvitae, basil, you know, the ancient Greeks and the ancient Romans used to say that basil helps to put a scorpion in the mind, so it really gives that focus as well, especially if you find that you're getting exhausted, basil is really good to lean into, so you may want to lean into basil at some point in time throughout the next, um, you know, four months while Saturn's in retrograde, or five months really, Um, but Arborvitae is my pick from the 4th of June around that time. So the first week of June, basically you want arborvitae diffusing a lot of the time um, and popping it in your belly button as you start the day and the soles of your feet throughout uh, at night. That would just be a really great three-point practice with arborvitae. So let me explain that again because it just popped into my head as I was talking. So start the day by popping a drop of arborvitae in your belly button. Then diffuse arborvitae throughout the day, especially in the afternoon. And then at night, Mix three drops of arborvitae with either a carrier oil, like a fractionated coconut oil, or I like to use, doTERRA has a beautiful rose hand lotion. Hands and feet, they can go on feet too. So I mix three drops of arborvitae with that hand lotion and rub that onto the soles of my feet. So that would be my kind of pick for that first week of helping with mercury, helping with satin, helping with those shifts, and just keeping you in alignment as we go into that time. So those are our first couple of retrograde transitions. And then, you know, you'll have time to settle into this Saturn retrograde, get a bit of discipline. And then on the 14th, we have our full moon. Our full moon this month is in Sagittarius. So as you've probably become familiar with, each full moon is in a different region of the sky, different position, and this influences the energy of that full moon. Being in Sagittarius, we look at, okay, what does Sagittarius govern? What aspect of life? Yes, it governs one twelfth of the population, but also governs an aspect of life. Now, how you can remember the symbology of Sagittarius is, yes, it's the centaur, but it's also the archer. So what happens is a Sagittarian, as those that are born under Sagittarius, um, when the sun is in Sagittarius each year, near the end of the year, um, or those that have a strong Sagittarian energy in um, in their astrological makeup, you know, that archer fires arrows far, far off into the distance and then goes off chasing them to explore them. So traditionally, travel, philosophy, and higher education all define that Sagittarius energy. In medieval astrology, this sign is linked to places and people outside of your village. So now we interpret this area as both literal and intellectual exploration. So looking at, it's kind of an expansive energy. It's very much about expanding beyond what you already know. It can be, I I kind of consider networks, so it's about networking, it's about expanding your network it can be about holidays overseas or not just short trips but yet holidays 
And because when we go on a holiday, what do we do? We emerge ourselves in different cultures and different ways of living, and it opens your mind. So remember, the opposing sign to Sagittarius is Gemini. And Geminis are very much about, okay, let's look at all the little details and the ingredient, how it works, and they become fascinated in that. Sagittarius is that big picture of, wow, let's get that global view. And you find, you know, one of my little beliefs is that once someone finishes the end of their high school, I love it to be compulsory that they had to go and live overseas in a different country for a year because it just gives you that different perspective of what the world is in in that type of way. And that's what Sagittarius encourages us to do. So this is where we look at how would I like to expand my network, my circle, my vision, my community. You know, this is also about higher learning, sometimes about religion or university. It's where the mind is kind of expanded through exploration. So during this full moon, we look at, okay, what can I do to expand that? Because we want to keep expanding and growing. Because in nature, you have two options. You either grow or you decay. You can't be stagnant. Even rocks are either growing and building in size or slowly wearing away. They do it at a lot slower pace than maybe we do or animals or plants do. But everything has to ebb and flow. So we want to make sure that we are expanding so that we're not decaying. So during this full moon in Sagittarius, start thinking about, okay, do I, want to expand, do I want to expand my networks? Do I want to make some goals to go on a holiday and travel? Do I want to go to university? Would I like to expand my spiritual studies? These would all be relevant things that we would kind of make decisions on what we'd like to do and get really clear with that and then work with the universe to bring that into manifestation. Another way you could look at this is adventure. What adventure would you like to bring into your life? Now, that can be personal adventure. Like, I just want to meet some new people. That's for me. That's something I've identified. That I'm like, I love my friends and I don't want to get rid of my old friends, but I'd love to expand my circles because I, as a Gemini, I love that intellectual kind of stimulation. And sometimes, you know, you get into the same kind of conversations with your same friends. I'm like, I'd love to just meet some new people as well and see what they add to my life. For you, it might be, oh, now that, you know, the pandemic is kind of dropping away its influence I want to go back out and I've always wanted to go explore somewhere that may be that goal so it's really quite an exciting one and being a fire sign Sagittarius is a fire sign you know this is about transformation and growth so I I'm almost getting excited about it as I talk about it right now so what crystal am I recommending well during the full moons I really like to lean into clear and white crystals and so a lot of the clear crystals they're a little bit rarer, but they're considered high vibrational, very spiritual. The one that I've chosen for full moon in Sagittarius is Damburite. Now, Damburite is a crystal that you can, it's normally clear, sometimes you get pink and you can get golden or yellow Damburite, all quite rare. But especially the clear and the pink Damburite, you don't get this so much in the golden one, but they'll grow in these kind of wedges. And I always like to think that, that helps a wedge open the door so that the angels can come in. And the angels help to bless us and guide us on our way. But Dandride is also seen as a stone that brings this light-hearted celebratory energy. And that Sagittarian energy is very much a party and gathering people. You know, Sagittarians are said to be very good networkers and finding the right people to do right things and bringing people together and having a great party. Comes to cleaning up, not so good, but we'll cover that at a later date. So think of Dan Bright that's going to bring in this light energy to you that you're like, 
I want to celebrate. I want to mix with people. I want to be a bit more social. I want to get out there in the world and and explore. And you know, as we're getting into the height of summer in um, the northern hemisphere, this is a really great time to go. Right, let's get out there and let's expand. Works perfectly in that time. So Dambirat would be a really great one to lean in with. The essential oil I've chosen is Melissa. Now Melissa is a very uh, it's quite a highly priced essential oil. But when you go, you can actually go down to a nursery and buy the plant quite inexpensively. The plant's normally labelled as lemon balm. You can probably buy it for you know a few dollars, a few bucks, a few quid, a few euro, a few euro, whichever country you're in. Um, but there's only a tiny, 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 tiny little bit of essential oil in each leaf, so it requires large masses of it to actually get us that Melissa essential oil. Now. I could probably do a whole show on Melissa, and it's a very interesting essential oil. Or if you look up another aromatherapist, Elizabeth Ashley, she's really been diving into Melissa in a big way to kind of understand the complexities and the magic of this essential oil. It's associated with um, priestesses and bees, and it plays an important role in Greek mythology. There's actually a 16th century physician who believed one drop of Melissa would bring someone near death back to life. And that's exactly that physical attribute really plays into the energetic attribute as well. That one drop of Melissa will, when you're feeling deflated in life, will help to bring you back to life, will resurrect you in one type of way. For me, Melissa, it has this beautiful, strong lemon aroma and taste. I will pop a drop under my tongue. Um, there's actually, in fact, this thing that we use in doTERRA sometimes called the 21, uh, 21 Day Melissa Challenge. And popping one drop of Melissa under the tongue each day, people have noticed massive shifts in their physical and their mental um, alertness and prowess, really. It's really great. And that would be a great one to even do throughout June, kind of culminating and peaking around this full moon time. You'd really be experiencing. If you started on the 1st of June, by the 14th, you'd really be noticing different things. But you can also hold, pop a bit on the roof of your mouth. You can put it on the back of your neck couple of drops in a diffuser, whatever that may be, would be a really great way to lean into this one. The Remember, any oil that has a lemon aroma really helps us to connect back with the light to really help us to resurrect ourselves in um, that kind of way when we are feeling deflated. Um, for me, it's kind of like, you know, when the clouds part and the rays of the sun start shining through, that, ah, and the angels kind of sing, and I don't know, Jesus comes down from the heavens or another God comes down from the heavens. That's Melissa. So it really helps to lift us. And I think we really need that because there is still a lot of like um, languishing in the in the world right now where people are just like, oh, it's hard to get the engine started and motivated back to how it used to be. There's a lack of enthusiasm. Melissa will really resurrect that. And so you'll feel celebratory with Dan Bright and resurrected with Melissa and you're like, let's go and do it. Now, what you could do at this time is Sagittarius is a fire sign. So grab a candle Hold that and fill that candle with your intention um, during that full moon in Sagittarius. Then anoint it with Melissa and then burn that candle for a little time each day, releasing that energy that you infused into it during the full moon. Remember, fire is transformational. It changes the energy. So that's going to be a really great way of changing the energy around you and helping to bring what you want into manifestation. So that's my um, guidance for Sagittarius full moon that will happen on the 14th of June. So just to recap so far, we've got Mercury going direct on the 3rd of June, Saturn turning retrograde on the 4th, 
and the full moon in Sagittarius happening on the 14th of June. That'll take us up to the first, up to my birthday, the middle of the month, 15th of June. We're going to take a short break and then we're going to come back and we're going to dive in to explore what's happening in the second half of June. You're listening to The Blessed Journey and I'm Adam Barillet. You're listening to The Blessed Journey with Adam Barillet. We are exploring what is happening astrologically up in the heavens in the month of June and how we can lean into the gifts of Mother Nature here on Earth to then support us and thrive during these times, taking on the lessons that the heavens are presenting for us. We've already looked at what's happening in the first half of the month. And one thing I thought I'd just point out as well, a little bit of trivia that you may not have actually um, kind of got your head around yet, is it may seem a little bit random of, oh, I wonder which um, sign the moon will be in. Well, I can actually tell you that every new moon is in the same sign as those that are celebrating their birthday, the same sign as the sun. Because basically to get a new moon where we can't see any of it in the sky, basically there's the sun, and then in between the sun and earth is the moon. And so the sun is illuminating the back half, and we can't see any of that. So that's why we get the new moon. So it'll be in the same sign. So that's why our new moon on May the 30th was in Gemini, because Geminis are celebrating their birthday, because the sun's in Gemini. The full moon is always in the opposing sign to the sun, because then you need the sun, then the earth, and the moon on the opposite side of the earth. And so it's in Sagittarius, and Sagittarius is the opposing sign of Gemini. So Gemini is very much about living in the now, in the small details, whereas Sagittarius is projecting to the future and looking at the big picture. So it's actually, you know, the moon is a very good time for balance and harmony about how do we get these together. And that's why the new moon will talk about one aspect and then the full moon will talk about the other as well. Isn't that cool? I I just found that I didn't actually realize that. I was just like, I wonder how it works. And that's exactly how it works based on the position of where everything is in the sky. Right. Talking about the sun, what's going to be happening next? Our next kind of prominent thing is going to be on the 21st of June is our solstice. Now, this is where we have to split into two. Northern Hemisphere to one side of the room and Southern Hemisphere to the other side because we have a different solstice. Now, traditionally, we go, this is when we have the longest day of the year and the shortest day of the year. This will depend on where you are on planet Earth. But just think of it in this way, that as we are, obviously, the Earth is spinning on an axis, and that's how we get our day and our night. It's also revolving around the sun, and that's how we get the year. But it also has a bit of a wobble. So on its axis, the north and south poles are tipping, um, and they do that throughout the year and so when the north pole is closest to the sun that's when you're experiencing well that's going to be happening on the 21st of june that's when you expect to experience your longer days and then when the south pole is at the closest to the sun that's in june uh in uh december when we have down here in the southern hemisphere our summer and our summer solstice so for those of you in the northern hemisphere it is your summer solstice This is sometimes referred to as Midsummer or Letha, L-I-T-H-A. And remember that this is, I always talk about the the summer solstice is your full sun day. We have full moons every month, but we only get one full sun a year. So the sun represents that yang energy, that expansive energy. So this is a really great time for expansion for those in the Northern Hemisphere. Why? We've just had the full moon 
in Sagittarius, which is all about expanding your networks and creating more adventure. And this is the energy of the Northern Hemisphere right now. You know, as you step outside, the sun is at its brightest. You've got long days. There's lots of warmth. There's fertility. There's fulfillment. It's very much a time of joy, expansiveness, and celebrating the fruition of our hard work, of everything we put in. So there's a few different ways that you can celebrate this. You can get up early and watch the sunrise. It's a great time to, um, you know, just lay out in the sun, um, work with your solar crystals, your things like your citrine, your sunstone, your rutile, all those different ones can be really great. It's a great time to honor that yang side of your life and even honor men in your life. So writing um, letters of gratitude to father, husbands, partners, telling them how they nurture you. Um, you can create grids out in the sun, crystal grids, which can be really powerful. One of my favorite things is on the summer solstice is I put my, I've got a clear quartz crystal and I put that out from the morning to the evening, get that, soak up that full sun energy. And I use that throughout the year when I'm feeling a little bit flat. For me in the winter solstice, if I need a bit more solar boost energy because there's not much energy at that time, then that's a really great, you know, a really great amulet to have as well. And then I focus on my solar plexus chakra. Remember we're talking about um, power and, um, you know, fulfillment and all those types of things. This is something you really want to lean into on the summer, around the summer solstice period. So solar crystals are great. Uh, any of your yellow crystals are going to be absolutely amazing for the working with that solar plexus energy of feeling sociable, feeling out there. So there's a real energy of getting out there and being more sociable in the world. You can also lean into, obviously, all the solar plexus essential oils at this time. Now, you would know what they are because you're doing my chakra essential oil course throughout 2022, aren't you? If you are, thank you. If you're not and you're interested in it, you can still enroll and you'll get the back catalogue of and ongoingly of all the chakras we've covered. We have one get-together once a month online. So wherever you are in the world, if that's of interest to you, reach out to me. My contact details are in the show notes. But... To give you a little hint, some of the oils that are good for the solar plexus chakra that you might want to lean into, bergamot, kananga, chrysanthemum, cumin, ginger, helichrysum, laurel, lemon, lemon eucalyptus, lemon ironbark, lemon myrtle, lemon grass, manuka, neoli, osmanthus, turmeric, white grapefruit, wintergreen, yellow mandarin, and yuzu. That's just a few. And in the class, we'll actually look at why you lean into this one or that one, depending on where your solar plexus is at. Any of your citrus oils are going to be great around this, this summer solstice. Uh, frankincense is always great because it's very yang. It's the king of the oils, so very expansive. And ginger is very empowering as well. So these are the kind of things you want to lean into at this time. So it's all about expansiveness. And if you jump on YouTube, I've got a whole 15, 20-minute video and talking about all the different things that we can do to soak in um, and take advantage of the summer solstice. Now, the two picks, because I'm picking one crystal and one oil for everyone, Bumblebee stone is my favorite um, crystal that I just leaned into that I felt this would be really great right now. Bumblebee stone is this rarer stone that's found in Indonesia and it comes in layers of white, yellow and black. It actually has stripes like a bumblebee. It's really cool. So it embodies this energy. It's got sulfur in it, which is very dynamic. It's very solar in its energy, but it kind of embodies that energy of a bee, of being social, busy like a bee, getting out there. It helps us with confidence in social situations, really sunshiny. And one lesson that B always teaches us is, what does B land on on a plant? Does it just land anywhere? No, it lands on the flower. Why? Because that's the sweet spot. It focuses on the sweet spot of the plant. 
Bumblebee Stone encourages us to focus on the good in everyone and in all situations. So it's a really uplifting, positive one, and I felt that we really needed that. Now, I did tell you and warn you that I am going to double up with some of my essential oils, and I'm going to keep Melissa going. Sorry, it's going to be an expensive week or two for those in the Northern Hemisphere that are working with their Melissa, but you're going to benefit from it. And if you do your 21-day Melissa challenge, actually, this will be day 21 because it's the 21st of September. Brilliant! You'll kind of reach that peak. Um, so Melissa is the oil that I'm choosing for those in the north during midsummer. Let's go down to the southern half of our globe. We are not relishing in the warm sunshine and basking in its warmth. We're shivering cold in the doom and gloom. <laughs> well, not doom. Uh, maybe a bit of gloom of the winter solstice, also known as Yule. Now, you'll go, hold on. Yule sounds familiar. Isn't that Christmas kind of thing? Well, Yule happens around anywhere between the 20th and the 23rd of December each year. And remember that a lot of the Christian celebrations that you may be familiar with were laid over the top of these old ancient pagan celebrations. So Yule was a time when it is believed a new sun is born, as in the actual sun. And it gets stronger and stronger and stronger, and he's at his strongest at the summer solstice, and he starts to die off, and he dies at Samhain, at Halloween, and then he's reborn in Yule. So interesting how Jesus was born around Yule on the 25th of December. And for many years before Jesus, there was this celebration of the sun, a new sun god being born around Yule. So this is when we start to birth new ideas. Now, it's too cold to get out there and do them yet, but we just, we're just we connecting with our spirituality. We connect here with our crown chakra. And so we're contemplating, what's, what am I here to do? What's my alignment? What do I need to refocus on? You know, we've spent autumn letting go of what didn't work, what doesn't serve us anymore, all the pain, the hurt, the relationships that aren't serving us, the habits that aren't serving us. So now we're fresh. We're sitting in our cave. We're hibernating. I'm going, right, now that I have a blank canvas again, what do I want to birth in this cycle? That's the real energy of Yule. So what are some things we can do to celebrate Yule? Well, we can get outside Although it's, you know, it may be cold, get outside and really experience that coldness. We tend to tuck ourselves away in the warmth and the heating and that kind of way. Let's remember every other animal's out there dealing with the cold. Why can't we have a little half an hour healthy dose of it? So get out there, have a stroll in nature, especially around dusk or dawn. Feel the coolness in your skin. Just kind of feel the stillness of nature around you. There won't be as many birds. There won't be as many flowers. The colors will be measured. Really lean into that and kind of feel that kind of allow that to sink into your soul. It's okay to kind of have winters in our lives and to have those quiet times. We feel bad about that, but those that live in tune with nature, settle down around this time. You know, before you go to bed at night, go outside for a little minute, rug up, put a big cozy jacket or blanket around you and go look at the stars as well. You know, this is, we think about Yule, we think about Christmas, we think about gifts. This is a time to actually focus on giving and helping. It's a struggle time. And whenever someone is going through a winter, whether it be a true winter, like a seasonal winter, or a challenging time of our life, one of the beautiful things we can do is show kindness. So you may want to help out other people. You may want to put up feeders for wild birds. You may want to get some friends together and volunteer at a food shelter or another charity. You know, offer your profession um, to the needy for free. Give some crystals to some loved ones. Um, you know, choosing properties that would help them to reach their potential in the coming year. 
basically one of the key themes of Yule is kindness. And I think the more we can show kindness in the world, you know, we need that at any time. But this is a friendly reminder as well. You know, getting friends together. Traditional foods of this time, of course, are nuts, turkey, broccoli, carrots, oranges, apples, pears, eggnog, um, ginger, hibiscus tea, caraway cakes, and spice cider. But what you want to do is you want to look at what seasonal ways you live on your land. What are the farmers able to produce right now and make some foods and beverages out of that as well? Um, you know, we often have a um, get together around this time and we invite everyone to bring a donation to give to a children's home or a homeless shelter or a food drive or something like that as well. So whereas we're focusing on the solar plexus chakra in the northern hemisphere, during Mule, what we focus on is we are going into that hibernation. So we're looking at that crown chakra. We're really realigning with what we want to do in our spiritual path, remembering that. We don't feel like going outside. We don't feel sociable. We want to snuggle up in, in our homes. And so this is the perfect time to be meditative, be contemplative, be introspective before we get into that active half of the year once we get to the spring equinox. That's when we kind of burst out of the front door and we're back in life as well. So your violet crystals are really good to lean into. Your essential oils, clary sage, frankincense, hyssop, lavender, litsia, rosemary, tulsi, they're all really, really great to lean into as well. The two um, that I picked my picks for um, this year, lapidolite. I started off with good old amethyst. I was going to take us all back to basics in the Southern Hemisphere. But I keep on getting a lapidolite come up. And I don't know why it's coming up. And there may, you know, if, if you're finding that that's relevant to you, I'd love to know why lapidolite. Lapidolite is kind of like the step up. It's the octave up from amethyst. It gets its purple, its soft purple color from lithium. And lithium is used um, medically for people with things such as bipolar to help soothe their emotions. So what happens is lapidolite brings this real peace to us. But as it brings that peace to us, it's actually great for our spiritual people. Amethyst helps us get to our spirituality. But once we're at to our spirituality, it opens up more. Do you mean it's like the more you know, the more the more stresses you have. And now you've like got all this chaos and you're aware of other energies. And lapidolite helps us once we're at that level to settle down, to kind of just focus on what's important to us and not to get caught up in the hype or overwhelmed or, you know, get swept up in our emotions swept up in all these retrogrades whatever that may be so basically what happened is amethyst will take you up to the penthouse and then lapidolite will help you to navigate your way around the penthouse does that make sense so if you are brand new to spirituality maybe stick with your amethyst if you want but if you feel that you're no no i'm i'm kind of connected with my spirituality i'm going to lean you into lapidolite during this um yule lavender it's going to pair beautifully with that. Lavender really helps. You know, we talk about it being so relaxing and great for sleep, but it can be used during the day. If it sends you a bit to sleep, put some other oils with it to kind of bring it up a little bit. Maybe a citrus oil or something can be really quite nice. Um, lavender really, yes, it helps with sleep, but it also helps us on the spiritual level, on the crown chakra level, to relax to slow down. I co-authored the book, Gifts of Essential Oils, with my good friend Vanessa Jean, and she refers to lavender as the duvet of the aromatherapy kingdom, that it helps you to snuggle up and feel really comforted. And it does. But I also like to call it the red wine of the essential oil world. Why? Because when we have a couple of red wines, what happens? We become a bit more relaxed, we become a bit more open, we become a bit more honest. And 
we need that when we're looking at our spirituality. We need to be open. We need to be honest with ourselves, with other people, relaxed. So lavender is a really great one to lean into around that winter solstice as well. You know, other ones that are traditional essential oils, all your spices like your cinnamons, your nutmegs, your cloves, as well as your big conifer oils. So that's your spruces, your firs, your pines, your cedars, your junipers, and your cypresses. Why? Because they're the evergreens. And as trees, they don't lose their leaves throughout winter. They are, The creator gave them the challenge to stay awake for seven days. And they did, while all the other trees fell asleep and lost their leaves. And so they had that strength of when we're going through winter to lean in and give us that strength. So they're really nice to lean into as well. But have your lavender, even if you're using it while you're sleeping as well. That will be really beautiful. Right. Then we move into our second retrograde. This is happening at the end of the month. It's on the 28th of June and Neptune is turning retrograde all the way until the 4th of December. Of course, the planet Neptune is named after the Roman god of the seas. And so it has this energy of fluid-like changeability and illusionary in nature. You know, things such as dreams, intuition, magic, abstract thought and the mysterious are all governed by Neptune. Inspirational art forms such as poetry, photography, painting, acting, fashion, music and dance are among the activities that this planet also governs as well. Basically, when Neptune is around and is influencing you in one way or another, he brings inspiration to venture beyond the mundane and cross the threshold into a more ideal heavenly state. When the influences are favourable, he helps us connect to our spirituality and helps us harness your spiritual skills for personal betterment. But when, you know, He's got a bit of his destructive influence on you somehow, maybe by a positioning or a retrograde or anything like that. Sometimes we can get swept away in confusion, delusion, intoxication, and even substance abuse is ruled by Neptune as well. So Neptune spends about half the year traveling direct. And during this time, if you think about all this magical you know, arts and all that, he, he helps you see the magic in the world. He helps you get swept away in the beauty of life and feel deeply compassionate. However, the risk is that when you're when he's direct, this is a really interesting retrograde. You end up glossing over the harsh aspects of life, living in denial and not being honest with yourself. And going, oh, no, 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 they mean the best. So what happens when Neptune is in retrograde, the planet's illusionary mist is lifted and it's much more difficult to ignore the truth. Hmm... Mysteries, illusions, and delusions are brought to the service for you to examine, and what you find is the energies of the heavens are encouraging you to be honest with yourself and stop making excuses um, and putting up with substandard relationships or conditions in your life. Neptune retrograde brings wake-up calls, and it's a time to consider what you need to change to bring yourself back into alignment with what's truly important to you. Where are you kidding yourself and going, no, this is acceptable when it's actually not? Where are you settling for second best? This is a great opportunity. And this is why I love Neptune Retrograde. It's, it brings some changes, but they're for the better. It, like you kind of, you start to see the harsh reality. You start to see the warts and all. You start to see, you know, things that aren't acceptable. But this is your, as we know, retrogrades are learning. This is where we go. Okay, I've been settling for something. I need to up level. Let's do it. So at this time, also creative ideas that have been gestating come forth and begin to take shape in the material world. This is when you should start making dreams a reality. However, it's not simply a time of being left brain more logical. During this time, your intuition and the skills of divination become more refined, allowing more insight into the matters in your life as well. So really trust that. 
Um, Neptune is like a bit of a pot smoker or a halluc- like you've been taking too many magic mushrooms or something like that. So once he goes away for six months, you're like, oh, okay, I can see a bit more clearly now. So you're going to be a lot more on point for the second half of the year. The important less, less is to listen to your intuition, hear the insights that appear and come to you out of the blue. This is a wonderful time to pick up your tarot cards or your pendulum or anything like that. So during this time, what I'm picking as crystal is Larimer. Larimer is obviously connected to the oceans. It's very, you know, if you haven't seen Larimer, you need to Google it and you need to get yourself a nice piece soon. It's getting harder and harder and harder to get some nice Larimer. But it's also a strong protector of the truth and it bring it helps us seek the truth. It's a throat chakra one. It's where we speak the truth. It also is, it brings abundance. It brings good things when we're honest and when we're in alignment as well. The essential oil that I've chosen, celery seed could be one, but I actually went for Rosalina. They're both connected to the planet Neptune. Rosalina, known as swamp paperbark, it's part of the um, Melaleuca family here in Australia, grows near watery marshes and swamps and that kind of thing as well. So it has that watery connection already. Rosalina allows us to be very adaptable, to move and to realize how we need to change in this world. And so it's a really great one to bring in. It's sometimes known as lavender tea tree, so it's cleansing and relaxing as well. But we bring it in to follow intuition to go, right, what do I, as it's strong, I now see the changes I need to make. And Larima is very empowering, very healing. These two combined together are going to allow you to keep this watery energy of Neptune still see some beauty, not become too tarnished and tainted by the ugliness of the world all of a sudden because your rose-coloured glasses are off. You're still going to see that beauty, but you're also going to be confident enough and empowered enough to make the changes you need to make to actually truly make your world beautiful rather than an illusion that your life is beautiful. A lot of people kid themselves that their life is beautiful. So that's going to be a really exciting time. You've got all the way from the 28th of June until the 4th of December when Neptune is in retrograde. Now, to finish off our month, we've got one little new moon to bring us in to the... um, to the next lunar cycle. Of course, we'll have the full moon in Capricorn in July, but the new moon in Cancer is happening on the 29th of June. Now, basically the new moon in Cancer has strong um, signature of nurturing you with an extra dose of heart energy that makes one want to cozy up with our loved ones and spend some quality time together. So this is going to be really good for us, especially in the winter solstices and the winter depths here in the Southern Hemisphere. But it's also maybe you've been out socialising if you're in the Northern Hemisphere. Let's snuggle up with our family. You know, cancer governs our home life, our private life, our family. So it's about, you know, reconfirming about that as well. So when as you're out being a social butterfly or busy as a bee, as we've been talking about, don't forget your family. Keep that in balance as well. It also brings in about a, a desire um, for safe and secure home filled with hugs and home cooked food as well. So this could actually tie in really well if there is something not right at home in with relationships with your partner or your children or anyone else you share a home with. You know, Neptune's just gone into retrograde the day before and then you've got this desire with this new moon in Cancer to go, I need to have a good home life. I need to change things here. This will be a, cha- a changing time and can be a little bit challenging in this time. The crystal I've chosen here is black moonstone. Now, black crystals are great around the new moon. Moonstone has its nurturing ability, and black moonstone really helps with our intuition as well. It's kind of linked to the goddess Hecate. Now, Hecate is an old goddess who see, who sees everything that happens on the earth. She knows it all. And so she brings in that wisdom with the black moonstone 
to help you know what's truly happening. And often, you know, what's happening at home, we, we kind of ignore things, we let things go, we, we settle for things that we wouldn't settle for outside in the world, all those type of things. So it's time to get our home life immaculate and be really honest. And Black Moonstone's really going to help you to do that at this time. So lean into that. Um, the crystal that I've chosen, sorry, that's the crystal, the essential oil is tea tree. Now tea tree helps to remove bull, why am I swearing today? Bullshit, sorry. Bullshit um, kind of um, scripting and beliefs that stop us from allowing ourselves from being nurtured. It cleanses that away. It's got a, it's actually got a mothering energy about it. And cancer and it's a very motherly. So working with tea tree will help to cleanse all the unwanted energy. So that's going to work really well. So again, I'm setting up with patterns here. We're working with tea tree, one of the Melaleuca family, on the 28th with Neptune retrograde. And in the following day with the new moon, we're leaning into Rosalina, which is also part of that Melaleuca family as well. So it's all about that cleansing reality in that type of way. So although we've got some double ups, it's not that I'm being boring and haven't done my work. There are actually some really nice trends that are happening in June that allow us to be really honest with ourselves, to get out there and be dynamic, to be clear, um, to you know not get distracted, all these different things. So on the new moon, you know you don't need to do anything epic. Sit outside, take your tea tree, inhale it, diffuse it during the day, clean your house with it, hold your black moonstone, carry it throughout the day or wear it, and then really go, what do I want? What is... You know, we all want to feel safe at home. Does your home feel safe? Physically, very important, but also emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Does it feel like your sanctuary? If you can't feel safe at home, how can you launch yourself into the world out of an unstable launching pad? What can you do to make those changes? Maybe you need to move out. Maybe there needs to be some relationship dynamic changes or someone needs to go, whatever that may be. So that is what we kind of contemplate in that new moon in Cancer. So that's what we can expect for the month. So you'll find, you know, that first week of June, really lean in, especially there's some trends with the essential oils, the Arbovitae. There's going to be a lot about staying focused, not getting distracted with Mercury going direct and then Saturn going retrograde. As we get into around the 20th, um, you know, and around the 14th to 20th, so around the middle of the month, especially in the Southern Hemisphere, really lean into that Melissa, that expansive, the hope, the joy, getting back in, getting excited about that. And as we get to the end of the month, really lean into your Melalucas with the Rosalina and the tea tree. So let me know how you're going with this. Keep me up to date. I'll have this out on YouTube as well. If you'd like to check out the crystals and the essential oils, I'll be posting things on my Instagram, on my Facebook throughout the month as well to keep you all in the line. Until next week, I'll be back on the regular releasing time from then. Take care, look after yourself, and enjoy these beautiful lessons that are being presented to us from the heavens and the gifts of Mother Earth that support us throughout this way. Take care. Thank you so much for joining me on the Blessed Journey today. I hope what we've explored has helped to ignite a light within you so that you may shine a little bit brighter out in the world. Feel free to subscribe so you get notified of future episodes and I love receiving your five-star reviews and reading your comments. Until the next episode, check me out on social media. Go to adambarillet.com. Find me under Adam Barillet at YouTube and Instagram as well as Crystal Connections with Adam Barillet on Facebook. I look forward to joining you again soon. Blessed be.